0: Instacart helps you get beer and wine delivered in as fast as an hour. So, whether you need to fill the cooler for tailgate season or fill your glass for Pinot by the fire season, you can save time by getting false sips delivered in just a few clicks. Visit instacart.com or download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum order $10. Additional terms apply. Must be 21 or over for alcohol delivery where available. Instacart. Add life to cart. Reboot your credit card with Apple Card. It gives you unlimited daily cash back that can earn 4.15% annual percentage yield when you open a savings account. A high-yield, low-effort way to grow your money with no fees. Apply for Apple Card now in the Wallet app on iPhone to start earning and growing your daily cash with savings today. Apple Card subject to credit approval. Savings is available to Apple Card owners. Subject to eligibility. Savings accounts by Goldman Sachs Bank USA. Member FDIC. Terms apply. territory what is going on to everybody in shark territory this is the shark city podcast official podcast of sharkcityhockey.com proud affiliates of the hockey podcast network it's episode 20 of season 2 of the podcast happy sunday fun day to everybody here in the bay area unless of course you are a sharks fan um we will unfortunately have to react briefly revisit the back-to-back losses to the Los Angeles Kings, and the one that we all want to forget very, very, very soon, the Edmonton Oilers. Um, So, yeah, um, you know, whether you are connecting with me live on Facebook, Twitter, or YouTube, or on demand on your favorite podcast platforms, thank you for joining and supporting the show. Uh, Tonight we're going to talk about or more so react to Mike Greer and his discussions and his comments on trading Eric Carlson. And Timo Meyer, uh, Mike Greer held his mid-season media call on Friday. So we'll react to some of his comments on the trade deadline in the 2023 NHL draft as well. Uh, we'll take a dive into the Reef. Uh, revisit some of the highlights this past weekend. Eklund got in his first career fight. Thomas Bordalo is elected to an AHL All-Star game in his first season with the CUDA. And, um, you know, Greer... Left, you know, he made some remarks in terms of uh, what it'll take for those two to essentially make it to the main roster. So all that and more on tonight's episode of the Shark City Podcast. All right. So, um, you know, happy Sunday. Funny to everybody out there. Um, it's going to be Victory Monday for some of you who are celebrating some of the uh, playoff success of our neighbors here. Um, man. It's, it's a real shame to see what's going on around the Bay Area and then what went down against the Oilers that 7-1 loss. But we'll get into that a little bit later on the show. Let's talk about, you know, some of the more interesting topics uh, other than what has went down in the action. Um, so let's let's jump into the first topic tonight's evening. We're going to have to eventually, I'll be real too, we'll have to eventually react to those two games. Because the last time we got together was after the Coyotes' um, victory over there in Mola Arena. Um, so, you know, the two games since has been the Kings and the Oilers. So we will have to cover those games. We'll do it briefly. But before we get into all that, let's talk about some of the uh, more newsworthy uh, topics here in Sharks territory. And that's Mike Greer, General Manager Mike Greer in his first season as the San Jose Sharks General Manager. Uh, he held his midseason uh, media call. This was again on Friday. And um, of course, of course, topics were surrounding the trade deadline. Uh, You know, how he felt on uh, his prospect pool, specifically his draft class of this previous season, uh, the 2022 draft class. Obviously, he spoke about uh, some of the situations going on with like Merkley and so on. So we're going to cover some of the um, some of the um, content or some of the comments that he uh, made in this media call. I am sure the full transcript is out there. It's available. I believe NBC Sports uh, on Twitter. Um, I believe it's uh, NBC Sharks. Their username. You could find the um, you can find the information, the full um, dialogue, the full uh, transcript on Myers. Uh, excuse me, on Mike Greer's um, mid-season media call. All right, but let's get into what he had to say about Carlson and Timo Meyer. So, in regards to uh, whether or not the players are going to stay uh, or go, I'm just going to do quote word for word here because it's better to hear it. Um, how he said it versus how I will uh, report it, I guess. So um, this is Mike Greer on trading Carlson Meyer. If those guys stay, we still got to figure out a way to get some younger impact players into the lineup. And if they go, it opens up the possibilities of cap space of bringing players. Some of the pieces that we get from those deals, if you hit on a couple of those, that's also something that can help turn things around quickly. Okay, so uh, Meyer is... I'm, excuse me. Mike Greer is open and honest on, you know, taking uh, calls about Timo Meyer and Eric Carlson. So speaking on Eric Carlson, um, he had to say that there are some teams that have reached out about him and he's not surprised being that this is a right shot dynamic defenseman and how often those guys get on the market possibly. Right? Again, this is quote word for word from General Manager Mike Greer from this past Friday. So it's only natural for teams to kick the tires, and it's my job to listen to all offers and see what I think is best for the organization short-term and long term. He's speaking of Eric Carlson. Um, So Greer, I mean, first and foremost, I know we keep getting this contradicting uh, reports about how um, you know, Carlson has made it quite clear that he wants to stay in San Jose and then you know he'll go on national media and say things such as like I want to win you know what I'm saying so um, you, you keep hearing how and, and again we kept saying this throughout the whole season it's obvious everybody is on the trade block unless your name is Tomas Hurdle but um, I think what's going on here is it's becoming painfully obvious that this may perhaps be the move that's going to go down um, March third, like it will probably be the blockbuster trade of this season. Okay, and the Sharks hopefully will be on the better end of that deal uh, when it's all said and done. But I think it's time to stop like toeing and dancing around the situation. Uh, just a couple of, a couple of days ago, I think it was, or maybe like sometime last week, they're already trying to shoot down the idea. Um, another uh, mainstream kind of story going out there saying that okay, the reports were maybe Eric Carlson will be dealt during the offseason because you're asking for too much for a team to take on in terms of a salary cap hit and so on and so forth, right? But um, on that note, Mike Greer did comment, or more more so he did not specify what his asking price was for Eric Carlson. And um, he did say that the Canadian media outlet that reported that the Sharks were asking for Eric Carlson uh, for the return to be three first round draft picks. Uh, GM Mike Greer shot that down saying that is, and I quote, or uh, it was not totally accurate. So if you missed it this week, there was buzz in Sharks territory because the Sharks reportedly were asking for three first round draft picks in exchange for Eric Carlson and supposedly the San Jose Sharks were willing to retain 18% of his contract. So that would knock his uh, salary down to about $9.4 million. You know what I'm saying? Probably a little bit more manageable for somebody who's looking for an impact defenseman and um, also trying to make a deep Stanley Cup playoff run. Um, So, again, Mike Greer commenting on the possibility of trading Eric Carlson. And I quote, it would have to be an offer that would make us, that would, excuse me, it would have to be an offer that we feel makes us stronger in the future and gives us the ability to help kind of turn this thing around quicker. So that's what the GM had to say. And it's got to be something that makes sense for us as an organization to move someone like him. Again, speaking of Carlson, I'm not out there um, dying to get rid of this defenseman who's on pace for hundred points. You know what I'm saying? Anyways, um, so the uh, report, by the way, this 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 whole uh, report is coming out of the um, Sounds Mercury News. So let me just give credit and cite my sources here. Give credit to where credit is due. Uh, Curtis Pachulka Bayer and News Group. Um, I I I love Sounds and Mercury News. So FYI, you know, I've long time Sounds a native. Um, that's where this podcast and this live stream comes from. Um, all the time right here live, you know, uh, in San Jose, California and, uh, yeah, I, I love the Mercury news. So I uh, just showing love to my, you know, to my home paper, I'm old school like that. Still. I still read the paper, <laughs> um, digitally, of course I'm, I'm with the times, but back to the point. Uh, I just want to give credit to San Jose Mercury news for, um, these quotes of, uh, Mike, Mike Greer, um, also give credit to NBC, uh, sports, on the sharks for sharing the transcript, complete transcript of the uh, media call for Mike Greer. Okay. So uh, let's pause and react. Okay. So I've been spitting out a lot of quotes and spitting out a lot of the, uh, you know, the, um, the dialogue that was shared for EK 65. Again, just want to react to it really quick. And then we'll go into a little bit more of his comments on Meyer and um, some of the other things that, Greer had to say in terms of their relationship uh, UK65 and first year GM Mike Greer and their relationship this season and you know kind of how they've been approaching um, this whole situation. But a reaction again re- really quick reaction based here um I love UK65. I was like you frustrated out there with the fact that there's so much of the salary cap being um devoted to somebody who was it necessarily always on the ice every single season. So I feel the frustration for some of you fans out there as much as I feel the frustration for the fans who've had to listen to some of the, um, how do I say this? Like without trying to throw too much shade, but you know, well, yeah, how about that? You just had to listen to so much shade. All right. I guess the best way to put it, right. You had to listen to so much shade being thrown on EK 65 and Sharks territory and, we all know that he is like one of the best defensemen in the league and for those of you who didn't believe it um he's showing it this season obviously right so um without spitting out a bunch of more clichés uh, back to the point as sad as, sad as it's going to sound for you know everybody whether it's um you know the, con- uh, the closure for what was a bad deal in their opinion and what cost them some core players of a you know stronger team or if it's for those fans who knew that this is what UK 65 could, could have done for the sounds of sharks all along. And now when he's finally doing it, there's a price tag on his, uh, you know, on his sweater. So, you know, I feel you, but I feel you, but let's, let's just stick to like the facts and the point, you know, whether or not it's going to be, um, declared publicly, you know, the sharks are trying to build for the future. And, um, you know Eric Carlson he still has a final say right he still has a final say I think this is like year four of a contract that has uh, we won't even get into that but back to the point um, this let's, let's just get back into what Greer had to say and report about his comic uh, his relationship and some more comments he had about Carlson um, so there was my quick little reaction um, so again Carlson has has not said or shown any reason that he's um, surfing for uh, a potential trade or, you know, looking for a potential trade. Um, However, he does keep reinforcing that he wants to win. Right. So anyways, you read in between the lines, but um, Mike Greer said that he meets with Eric Carlson every few weeks. And I quote, he's kind of refreshingly honest about the good things and the bad things and his flaws and things he doesn't like and like, so it's been good. And I think there's a very strong quote to um, pay attention to. And I can, it says I can see him being a, being part of the team when we get this thing turned around. All right. So Mike Greer is saying that they are having um long-term plans still for Eric Carlson, which is great. He also went on to say, would you hope that we're battling for a playoff spot next year? I think that's a hope, but there's a lot of points to make up and a lot of ground to make up too, Greer said. Now, this is another equally important quote to pay attention to. So, the hope is to be there, but at the same time, we'll have to see how it goes. Okay? The reason why that one's equally important is because Eric Carlson wants to win now. And based off that comment my pure reaction of this okay and this is just my interpretation i'm sure everyone has their own out there but my my uh reaction to this is greer is almost speaking as if it doesn't seem as if whatever it is that needs to be turned around which there's a lot um but long story short is it doesn't seem like greer um it doesn't seem like the plan or the projection seems like that's something that's gonna get done uh next season either. Now, I know I could be speaking out of pocket and I don't want to overreact. But, yeah, you know, uh, Carlson obviously is a, I think, in my opinion, a staple to this franchise, especially when it comes to um, like what he could bring to these younger players. Think of like Bordolo and Eklund and you know, uh, Reedy and Raska and uh, so on and so forth when they're ready. Like he could bring so much to them, but you know, will he be willing to do that? He wants to win now. Greer obviously wants to turn this thing around fast and he's willing to do it via trades. He wants Carlson here for the long run. But at the same time, you know, he says there's a lot of points to make up and a lot of ground to make up and, um, you know, you see how it goes, like. I guess what I'm trying to say is, you know, this, this plan, this micro plan, obviously it's going to extend. I think next season, the goal is to make sure you don't miss the playoffs for the fifth consecutive year. But obviously we're going to see how it goes. (laughs) That's all I'm going to say. I'll leave the rest of to you to interpret um, what that might mean for Eric Carlson's tenure in San Jose. Uh, Some of us out there were thinking this ain't going to get done until the offseason. He'll be a San Jose Shark um, by the end of April. And um, others, especially um, a lot of the more uh, national media outlets, they want to see this guy in the Stanley Cup playoffs. All right. It's marketable. It makes for good ratings. You know what I mean? Especially um, because they haven't seen this from him since his days in Ottawa. Um, But yeah. We'll see. we'll see how it all goes. All right, moving on. Let's, um, so let's just quickly re- recap what, we, uh, what the show is, has a store for us. And for some of those who are joining the live um, presentation broadcast uh, right now, uh, we are just reacting to Mike Greer's media call that went down on Friday. He talked about uh, the trade deadline. He talked about the 2023 NHL draft. He talked about uh, Meyer and Carlson. Uh, some, of the, some of these, uh, some of this dialogue might just be a mixture from a media call and maybe some of the comments he made pregame b- before Edmonton. <laughs> Anyways, we'll have to go into those games a little bit later. And then we're going to take um, a quick little dive into the reef and see what's going on at the CUDA. Uh, so right now, Mike Greer, the Sharks first year general manager, um, not just talking about Eric Carlson, but having to talk about Timo Meyer potentially being on a trade block uh for those of you who want to know meyer is a pending restricted free agent this upcoming off season Uh, mike greer said that meyer's agent who is former sounds a sharks forward Claude Lemieux, have had some preliminary discussions about a contract extension and i'm quoting although nothing substantial uh where offers and counter offers have been made so you know it sounds to me like the dialogue or you know how do i say this? like the communication line is open but there is no necessarily, um, no one has came forward with um, or an offer hasn't been presented. is the best way to say it. Um, so Mike Greer and I quote had to say, we have had good, open, honest, positive talks to this point. And um, he has confirmed that Timo Meyer is another player, just like Eric Carlson, um, that other general managers around the league have reached out to Mike Greer about. You know, um, March 3rd is a trade deadline, Sharks fans. Uh, I think that's like, what, seven, seven or so weeks away. Okay. About two and a half months. It's a better way of putting it. Um, about two months, a little bit less than two months. Um, so Greer had this to say, and I want to quote this because, you know, I don't want this to be a podcast where it's reporting like, oh, Greer's saying Meyer's up for sale. You know, I want to make sure that I give some context to the content. Um, so Mike Greer and I quote said "Timo's a unique player. I think if you're starting a team from scratch and you've got a chance to grab someone like Timo, you're going to take him and put them on your wing and forget about him for the next 10 years. That being said, he's the type of player that teams want, especially teams planning to be in the playoffs. He's big, he's fast and he can score. So there's plenty of interest in him. We'll see how it goes. I've had some good talks with him about this situation and the team situation. I'll kind of keep those between me and him and me and his agent, but I've got all the respect in the world for him as a player. And we'll have to see how it all shakes out. Or my translation slash reaction to this is Timo Meyer and Eric Carlson. As I've said, this couple of episodes ago are the names that we had to, you know, be on the trade block watch this season. Um, sounds a sharks. The way I've seen it is this is if the sounds sharks are going to be in a contention of a wildcard spot by this time, this year, this season, then yeah, you know, keep the guys on board and maybe lift up some of the young talent that you have in the CUDA right now. We are, you know, stick around because we are going to talk about Greer's comments on what border and Eglin have to do to crack the roster. All right. But, um, Back to Timo Meyer and Eric Carlson. These are two names that we're going to have to probably start getting, um, what's the word prepared, I guess, start getting accustomed, um, start getting prepared to like, um, you know, depart from, you know what I mean? They're going to be more than likely, um, in the same situation that Brent Burns was in the offseason, being dealt to another team. Um, Obviously, the communication line between the general manager and Timo Meyer and Eric Carlson is the same communication line that he has stated he has with every player. Burns and Merkley are prime examples. The door is open. I think Randy Hahn, again, just a couple of weeks ago was on NHL Network speaking that, you know, not that there's any indication and I'm not insinuating that there is any uh, desire to move Captain Logan Couture, but it was asked of, uh, you know, legendary TV broadcaster Randy Hahn on the NHL Network. I think the show is the power play. Pardon me if I'm uh, mistaken on that. But back to the point is, you know, they're going to a hypothetical situation about Logan Chore in this, you know, the same kind of a standard applied to the captain, that being the open-door policy Mike Greer has. So, um, again, all that to say is I thought at the beginning of the season, if the Sharks were in position to at least contend for a wild card at this point, then yeah, you keep all, all your veterans and you try to mix in, you know, some of your prospects that have been um you know kind of um getting you know sharpened, sharpening up their skills in, on the CUDA. But the sharks are not in that situation. The Sounds of Sharks are not going to make the playoffs. I hate to say it. I mean, I was optimistic. I have been, you know, I bleed till. All right. And that might in some ways make me see things um, extremely extremely before the season has even begun being written off before the opening face off, you know, before the puck is even dropped. But after 44 games with a 13, 23 and eight record, only 34 points in the standings. I think it's safe to say that the South Sharks shark season in terms of playoff contention is over. You know, at this point um, it's going to be whatever David Quinn can get out of these guys you know, some of that extra 10 to um, that five to 10% or 10 to 15% or whatever to quote me up in anyways. Uh, so yeah, all that to say is uh, I think that the sound on the trade block. Um, some have already been talking. I mean, they've been talking about this for a while, but, but goaltending uh, we've yet to make any goaltending moves. Um, I mean, like big moves that were anticipated. I mean, we acquired Kakanin last season. So I guess in a way that was kind of, you know, one of the big goalie moves, but a lot of, a lot of the transactions for uh, the net miners have been occurring in the off season. So we'll see if like, uh, James Reimer or, um, anyone else's names appear on the, um, trade block. I'll tell you where James Reimer's name does appear. It appears on the NHL All Star voting ballot. So don't forget to go on Twitter. Your tweet counts. I think every tweet counts. And vote for James Reimer. Hashtag NHL All-Star. All right. Get him into the game. It's been a long time since I've seen a Sharks Netminder in the crease during the NHL All-Star game. Uh, let's not talk about stats. Just, you know, be you know, be a Sharks fan and send them there. Anyways. All right. Moving back along to um, some of the comments here in our opening segment of the Shark City podcast, uh, Mike Greer's mid-season media call also uh, included some of his uh, thoughts about the 2023 NHL draft. So um, he was asked some questions. So I'm going to give the line of questioning and I'm going to give his response. Okay. So here we go really quick. Uh, So Mike Greer commented on, Uh, if getting the number one uh, overall draft selection or another high draft pick accelerates his plan to build a winning team. Um, And his response is, I don't know if it'll accelerate it. It'll bring some excitement to the organization for sure, but we have to be smart about how we approach the offseason, who we sign or who we try to acquire. I don't think... We want to get out of hand and get too excited because we got an 18 year old kid coming in. It's still a tough league at the end of the day. I'm going to react to that really quick. I've been saying this about Connor Bernard and the whole Tank for Bernard movement here in Sharks territory. Uh, you know, the kid's young. He's a young kid, five, nine. And you see what they've asked out of Borloo and Eklund, and they asked him to bulk up, even if we get Connor Bernard, which I'm not saying would be a bad thing or a negative, but it may take him some time. I highly doubt if the Sharks even. Get, uh, the draft lottery, and get Connor Bedard on the roster. I think it'll take him a couple of seasons before he even cracks the main roster. But uh, back to the point. Um, our back to back to GM. Um, so he gave his impression of World Juniors. So that's why I was talking about Bedard as a little segue. Uh, so he had to say it was a great atmosphere in there, especially for the European kids. It was a hostile environment, even for uh, philip uh, bison who is obviously the Sharks uh, prospect who played. Um, uh, so, um, was, um, goaltender Ben Goudreau as well. Just, you know, throwing it out there. Uh, we covered it a couple of podcasts ago, but I just want to show respect before I, I start talking about how Mike Greer was giving his uh, responses to potential future, um, prospects or sharks. If we even get to, uh, you know, top five in the draft, we'll see. But, uh, he said this of Leo Carlson, Connor Bedard, Adam, um, Fonte- Fontilli, pardon me, and Edward Sale and um, Dvorsky, okay He said, see all these kids in that environment That kind of intense tournament, it was great It gives you kind of a great peek Alright, so The Sharks are looking At these top 5 draft picks In the NHL, so it goes to show you That they anticipate being In possession of At least the top top 5 draft uh, Selection, so hopefully that wasn't Too much of a spoiler alert um, they also had this to say, because you look at the tournament, it's really a 19 year old tournament teams, usually with the older kids usually win and do well. So to see all those kids hold, uh, those kids kind of hold on their own as either 18, excuse me, 17 or 18 year olds. It's pretty impressive. All right. So obviously with, you know, high praise on high pick selections, Greer was asked about tanking. All right. So as I just mentioned a couple of comments ago, thank for Bedard, the movement here in Sharks territory. Um, Sharks are never going to go on on record officially and say it. And I'm not saying that, um, I'm not trying to contradict anything. I'm just being for real. But uh, Mike Greer did make some comments on it. So here it is. All right. And this is the official word, GMI Greer. And I quote, I'm against it. I'm a super competitive person. Every organization has different thoughts on it and different opinions on it, but it's never my intention or would I ever ask the coaches or players. I respect the game, having played it for as long as I did. I know how it is in that locker room. I would never assume or hope or ask those guys not to go out there and try to win every single game and try and win every single game. It's not something I believe in. We're going to try and win games right down to game 82. We kind of see where we are at, and said, so we'll kind of see where we are at the end of the day. All right. So just want to put a little bit again, um, a little bit more perspective for what's going on in Sharks territory. Um, yeah, it's exciting. There's a kid out there who's been praised and ranked as being a potential, you know, history um, making, game-changing, franchise, like a dynasty-building uh, player. Okay, so I get the excitement. But again, the Sound of the Sharks are looking to win, and they're looking to win now. And um, obviously, again, that sounds so short-sighted, and I get it, the, the fans out there who want to tank for Bedard because you're trying to set up the team for... Uh, you know, the next decade, right? But um, back back to point, back to wrap it up. Um, you know, I agree. I have to agree with my Greer. Okay, first of all, I've said this, and this is probably the last time I cover this um, or, or repeat this uh, point on this podcast. But even if the San Jose Sharks finish the season with the number one overall selection in the 2023 NHL draft, doesn't mean that they will retain it just because some of these sharks are in a very um, low draft position which you could of course simulate and cover on tankathon or you know what I mean stay you know up to date with um, it doesn't guarantee that they're gonna you know get again a top three draft pick now I know that the um, you know our chances are a lot higher if we stay within a range I get it but um, I love to hear, I love to hear that our general manager is a super competitive person, and that uh, he respects the game. Okay, because um, I know sometimes it's not enough to just simply say, like, no, we don't tank on purpose. Um, but to to just get, you know, the exact excuse me, just to get you know the perspective of the uh, GM on this whole subject, the new GM, the guy who's going to be building our team. I love to hear this. I really do. And that's just about as much reaction as I want to have on that comment. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that's just another indicator that, you know, um, Bedard and, and the dreams and of having him on the team are exciting. Maybe a, w- a way to cope with the pain as the South. The Sharks struggle in the 2022-2023 season. But uh, realistically speaking, and hey, I'll be glad to be wrong. I really will. I'll be glad to be wrong at the end of the season. But um, realistically speaking, I think that um, we have to, as sharks fans, gotta look forward um, or gotta look into like you know w- what it is we have now, right? The pieces we have, the core. Uh, some of you would say that's just Tomas Hurdle because he's the only one safe. But back to the point, um, you know whether it's um, re- keeping the guys on the roster like our current leadership core or um, you know entertaining or or possibly you know making moves or blockbuster trades as some of them might be labeled um, in order to try to make the team better in the long run Um, you know I think that's what you gotta look for you gotta look for the formula success with what with with the players that we have now and the players that we have in the farm league I guess what I'm trying to say is I think the Sharks have uh, more than enough talent right now on the roster uh, where they don't need Connor Bedard they don't, we have enough prospects in the talent in, in, in our prospect pool where, you know, like Connor Bedard will be a great addition, but, um, you know, I feel like Borlo Eklund, um, etc., And I don't mean any disrespect. I just want to, you know, keep, um, this reaction a little bit briefer as possible, as brief as possible as I'm already extending it. But, uh, bottom line is I feel like, you know, um, those guys, they'll handle, they'll get it. And, um, you know, the veterans or some of, you know, maybe, you know, some of those power forwards or, you know, some of the bigger guys or whatever, whatever the case, whatever it may be that Quinn and Greer are looking for. I think, you know, they'll find those people via trades or, you know, in the free agency during the offseason. But I think we have to build around the guys that we have now and not be as a fan base, be so focused on, you know, what could be, you know, what I'm saying. I mean, it's it's nice. But I think we should be putting more attention on, um, you know, the kids with the kuden now. And that's all I want to say. That's my soapbox. Anyways, not to say that we're not doing that, but you get my point. Uh, so with that being said, um, I just want to say thank you to everybody who's been with me since the top of the hour here. Um, this is the Shark City Podcast Season 2, Episode 20. Um, we had just covered our first segment. We just got done um, halfway through uh, this episode with... Reacting to the media call from General Manager Mike Greer this past Friday, he was uh, making some comments about potentially moving Eric Carlson, Timo Meyer, and um, you know what he thought about the 2023 NHL draft class and um, his official official uh, stance on supposedly tanking for Bernard. All right. Um, with that being said, I'm going to take a quick break. Don't go anywhere. When we come back, we're going to take a quick dive into the reef. Uh, William Eklund got in a fight. Tomas Bartolo is an AHL All-Star. Mike Gert had some comments on what it's going to take for those guys to make the roster. And he updates us on the latest with Nick Merkley's trade request. Uh, we'll also have to react to the Sharks' back-to-back losses to the Los Angeles Kings and Edmonton Oilers. So um, you know, get prepared for that as well. Um, so all that and much more when we come right back on the Shark City Podcast. The NFL playoff pitcher is locked in, and my go-to-place for wildcard round action is DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off the road to Super Bowl 57, new customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat bet each day of the wildcard round this weekend. Just place any NFL bet of your choice, and if it loses, you'll get a free bet back up to $10. Action so good, why bet NFL playoffs anywhere else? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NFL and get 200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Shark City Podcast. Ah, we got to talk about it, all right? So the last time we got together, we were celebrating the Sharks' victory in Tempe, Arizona. And since then, it's just been back-to-back losses, all right? So some of these Sharks were swept in the season series against the LA Kings, which is pretty sad because, you know, we love to say beat LA over here. And uh, it just ain't going to happen this season. Uh, Sounds the Sharks lost to the interstate rival L.A. Kings, Los Angeles clean Los Angeles Kings. Pardon me. Uh, you know James Reimer made some pretty uh, magnificent saves early on. If I could be honest with you, if I could be honest, but the Sharks lost the battle on the scoreboard in that first period, and it ultimately played a factor in the end result. To be honest, uh, Timo Meyer he scored his twenty fourth goal of the season that game, leading the team in goal scoring this season. And uh, Eric Carlson continued his hot streak. He had uh, earned another point. That's uh, one point in 16 in his last 17 games. That, of course, was um, against the LA Kings. So the box score on that really quick, as I was mentioning, the Sharks, you know, um, they went toe-to-toe for the Kings in terms of, you know, scoring goals, lighting the lamp. Uh, But the Kings won that first period. So, uh, you know, Kings scored a goal. Sharks scored zero in the first, and then both teams from there was a goal each in the second, two goals in the third. Sharks lost that game 4-3. to three. Uh, They put on 29 shots onto the net. Um, put 34 hits. You know what I'm saying? Um, 52% of face-offs were won. Uh They went one for two in the power play. And, um, you know, for the Kings... They beat the Sharks in the shot department for sure. <laughs> 37 shots on goal. Um, 28 hits late on the Sharks. Uh, they won 47%, obviously, of their face-off, forty-seven 47.4 to be exact. And they went 0-2 on the power play, so the Sharks penalty kill is still kind of strong. Um, the goals summary, really quick here. Just going to share the Sharks goals. Obviously, you're not going to spend too much time on these losses here. But, um, again, Sharks were shut down that first period. Second period, uh, Nick Benito scored even strength. Um it was a back kind of goal. A minute 20 seconds into the uh, period. Uh that was a no assist on that. Just uh all all Nick Benito on that play. Um well at least on the scoreboard, right? A uh, third period. Uh Timo Meyer snapshot Logan mature Eric Carlson on the assist. Eric Carlson got forty-three, his forty-third assist on Timo Meyer's 24th goal. That was a power play goal. Um, that was their one power play scored on two opportunities. Uh, the last goal that the Sharks scored was at 17:54 54 the third period. It was Tomas Hertl got his 14th of the season off of a wrist shot. Alexander Barabanov and Timo Meyer got the assist. Uh, the Sharks took two minor penalties, one in the first and another in the second. Mark where Vlasic got called for holding and Tomas Hurdle for the same infraction. Um, you know, the next game... It's tough, (laughs) but we're going to have to talk about it. Sharks. The San Jose Sharks. The San Jose Sharks take part in an Edmonton Oilers clinic. That's the best way to put this. The San Jose Sharks prevented being shut out at home in a 7-1 loss to the Edmonton Oilers. Sharks are now 4, 12, and 6 while playing in downtown San Jose. That was the 132nd all-time game that the Sharks played against the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, the all-time record, the Sharks' all-time record against the Oilers is now 61-47, 12-12. And, um, you know, the scoring was as follows. Uh, two goals surrendered by the Sharks in the first, three goals in the second, and two goals in the third. The Sharks literally prevented the shutout by scoring uh, 15 minutes and two seconds into the third period. So for those of you who want to know what that means, with four minutes and 58 seconds remaining in the game, Oscar Lindblom got his fourth of the season He tipped in a goal. Matt Benning and Jonah Gadjevic got the apples. Um, That was tough. That was a tough game. Uh, Connor McDavid, not trying to, you know, name drop him, but we're going to have to. He's right there, you know. First goal of the game on the power play. Second um goal on a power play again in the second period. Not the second goal of the game. He scored his first and the third. Uh, so he put up three points in his uh, you know, and the Oilers rally over the Sharks. Um <laughs> four minor penalties taken. Uh Nick Sheesek got called twice uh for interference and tripping. Stephen Lawrence was tripping as well. Tripped Connor McDavid. Oh no. <laughs> My bad. Mark I'm still sour over that, obviously. Uh, Mark Edward Vlasic got called. Um I don't even remember what the penalty was that he committed against Connor McDavid, but you know what I'm saying. They protected, they protected McDavid. Um getting a little getting a little exasperated of Connors in Shark's territory, if I must if I must be honest. <laughs> Anyways, um but yeah, Sharks lost back to back and that's that's all there really is to say about that. I mean no real reason to revisit that. Let's let's look ahead. Um New Jersey is on slate for tomorrow. So it sounds like Sharks are gonna have themselves a pretty early game because it's a national holiday for us here, uh, Martin Luther King um celebrating Tomorrow, Monday. So the Sunday Sharks got themselves an afternoon game 1 o'clock, which is great because, you know, everybody in Sharks territory, um, fans, families specifically, you'll get an opportunity to check out um, the Sharks hosting New Jersey. That game's going to go down at 1 o'clock. All right. So um, for those of us out there who want to know what the odds are for the Sunday Sharks potentially beating New Jersey. um they're not they're not too bad. New Jersey's favored fifty-seven point five percent chance of defeating the San Jose Sharks, which means that San Jose Sharks are officially under. Are they over? My bad, I forgot how it goes. Getting a little late, my apologies. Uh but yeah, they're over by one forty five. Alright, so that's the latest that's the latest. Plus one forty five, leaving New Jersey at negative one seventy five. Um it's not so important game. Per money puck, not so important game for the Devils. Um, if they beat us, their playoff chances are going to only be affected by 0.2 percent. They got a 99.6 percent chance of making the playoffs. <laughs> My bad. Um, this is going to be crazy, man. So if you if you missed the last episode, this game really marks okay. Last game truly marked it against the Edmonton Oilers. Okay. Uh, not so much the Kings, not so much the Coyotes, but against the Edmonton Oilers, and so on. Uh, continuing tomorrow, uh, the Sharks have the eighth toughest schedule. Okay, they have the eighth toughest schedule remaining in the NHL. So um, it's going to be it's going to be tough. Um, I believe the projected lines for tomorrow. Um, we'll just go over what the the lines were uh, last the last matchup. So against the Oilers, you had Hurdle, Meyer, and Essimont. Michael Essimont, uh, newly acquired off of waivers. Benino, Sturm, and LeBanc. Well, not so much. I take that back. It's reported that LeBanc is actually a healthy scratch. wonder how you all feel about that. But I believe uh, we're going to see Gregor finally get in the lineup, and he's been out for a minute, too. Um, Nieto, Couture, Barabanov were on the line. Gadjevich, Lawrence, and Limon were on the checking lines. Mignogne and Carlsen on that blue line. Vlasic, Cisic on the second. Ferraro and Benning. Um, I'm assuming that they're going to start Reimer, but I'm not too sure yet. Uh, bottom line is um, Sharks' chances of winning this game is 42.5%. It's so not looking too good. Um, the all-time series, I could look that up if I have a quick chance. But um, let's just do that really quick. Let's do the head-to-head series. Why don't we? Uh, so thank you again. Uh, give me some patience as I deep dive into my notes here. In the radio industry, we call that dead air. <laughs> my bad. All right. Finally, a couple of clicks away, and here we go. The show goes on. Uh, this will be the 47th all-time game that the San Sharks played the New Jersey Devils. Um, Sharks are 21, 22, and three all-time, so we are leading this series. Um, well, technically, not. If you you know if you count up the overtime losses, but we're going to stick with the wins, okay? Um, so yeah, it's going to be pretty interesting. To see how the sharks um, <laughs> see how they handle the next month of hockey, and that's all I'm gonna say. Let's move on to the next segment here. Why don't we? Let's get on to some more um, some greener pastures going on here in uh, San Jose, California. So we're gonna take a, a dive into the reef here. So Barracuda Ford is his first year rookie. Thomas Bordelow has been named. To the Pacific Division team for the AHL All Star Game. Congratulations to Thomas Bordalo, man. Thomas Bordalo, congratulations. Um, so the American Hockey League announced that San Jose Barracuda um, will have selected, pardon me, or have named Thomas Bordalo to the 2023 AHL All Star Classic presented by Bell in collaboration with Manulife Bank, which will take place at. Lav- Laval's, pardon me, had to spit it out, Place Bell from February 5th to 6th of this year. Um, among all of the rookies in the American Hockey League, the AHL, Thomas Bordalo ranks first in goals with 17, power play goals with 8, and power play points with 14. He is third in shots with 89. And these, by the way, numbers I am certain changed because they did play today at Texas U Arena. They defeated the uh, Abbotsford Canucks. And um, I'm sure that these stats have since grown. So this was when this was reported. These stats were. When it was reported by AHL, so pardon me if it's not on point with today's action. But he's also tied third in total points with 25. All right. So amongst the Cuda, uh, Thomas Bordolo was first in goals, power play goals, and second in points and third in shots. All right. Um. So some equally exciting news from the Reef was, whoa, pardon me. <laughs> Pardon me, pardon me. That stuff happens live, sometimes. My apologies. Um, <laughs> it's live, baby. Okay. Um. So, some other equally exciting news out of the reef in Cuda uh, Country is that William Acklin got in his first, his first career pro level, first career AHL fight. Um. Was going to play the highlights and, you know, the video replay. I'll, I'll be honest with you, right? The end result, not so much in, in the kid's favor, but, man, did he lay it on. I mean, he stood his ground, and that's what I want to see. Especially when, you know, a lot of people in Sharks territory, well, a lot of the noise surrounding him and why he's on the roster, he had to bulk up, right? Um, so it was nice to see him standing his ground. I remember just last season, it was Brent Burns having his back and kind of, you know, uh, protecting the young kid. And it looks like, um, you know, playing in the AHL is starting to um, reflect in his, um, you know, his confidence and, you know, his um, his willingness to add physicality to his game. Obviously, you don't want your star prospect to be um, putting himself in a position where he could potentially get injured. But um, it's nice to see that he ain't gonna take any, you know, he ain't gonna take any, uh, any grief. I guess I'm trying to keep it clean here. All right. So with that being said, you know, um, Eklund and Bordalo talking to them. I want to uh, transition into uh, what will be the final segment of tonight's um, podcast here, uh, which is Mike Greer's comments on the Cuda. Uh, right now, we're going to talk about. Um, what he had to say specifically for the likes of Eklund and Bordelow to make the main roster. And I quote, um, so he was asked when he plans on calling them up. Okay. This was during his media call on Friday. And I quote Mike Greer, there's no specific date. We sent those guys down with specific things we wanted them to work on. And to their credit, they're working on those things and they're improving. They have some success and they also have some tough nights, probably themselves to start the season. People on the outside in general don't realize one how good the AHL is, and two, how hard it is as a first year pro to go in there and be successful. You can throw Gushin, that's Daniel Gushin, Brandon Coe, and Tristan Robbins, and even um Kinizov. Their guys are finding their their guys are finding their ways through their first year or more pro and they're doing well. They're making strides. We want them to tick the boxes that we've asked them to tick. When we bring them up, we want them to be playing well and playing confident. So they're coming up here and just playing their game and not thinking about what they should be learning, how they should be playing. We want them to be feeling good about themselves and playing a good, well-rounded game. So there it is. There it is. Okay. That's why these kids are in the CUDA. There's Mike Greer's direct answer. When they are in a shark sweater, they don't want them to be in their heads. They want them to be in the game. And by putting them in the CUDA, they are working on getting them out of their heads and into the game. In layman's terms. Alright, so um, obviously they asked Mike Greer, well, What are these boxes that they gotta check off, right? Um, So this is what he had to say, and I quote, they're both gifted offensive players. I think they both have to learn to value the other side, the puck and puck management and things like that. It's just kind of it's kind of just becoming a more well-rounded player. It's most 18-year-old kids. They've all been the best player on their team their whole lives and probably have been able to get away with not having defensive details or things like that, or been asked to do certain things. At the NHL level, you got to punt sometimes. You got to make the smart play. These guys are guys who have had the puck on their stick all their whole life. It's not an easy thing to do, but I think they're all kind of learning and becoming pretty good two way players. Bam! Love it. There it is. Okay. Sounds like Sharks aren't looking for I mean, obviously they're not gonna deny it, right? But they're not per se looking for offensively explosive um players. Right, they already got that in Eric Carlson just kidding but no seriously um you know they want to build these kids to be great on both ends of the ice so they want to make them into two-way forwards all right so i think that was very um important uh, piece of dialogue in the media call to uh, kind of share with everybody out here in sharks territory in regards to the kids and um this way you know, because I'll be real with you, okay? I, I've already mentioned this plenty of times in previous episodes, but I was an advocate to have these guys on the opening roster. The opening night roster. Have them play um, from the beginning of the season when the puck dropped overseas. Um, obviously, I've already admitted in the last episode, at this point, it's almost no benefit because of where the Sharks are at in the standings. Um, I think... Personally, that these guys will make the Sharks roster come February or March, depending on what, if any, moves are made by the organization in regards to um, like the trade deadline. Um, I don't know if the Sharks are going to wait until March 3rd to make any moves. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they would start making some preemptive strikes um, leading up to March 3rd. But anyways, um, let's just talk about really quick the Ryan Merkley situation here. Uh, we did a episode, a couple episodes ago. We did um, a segment on Ryan Merkley. He requested a trade. Um, things aren't looking too great in terms of like, um, I guess whether it's philosophically or just like, um, <clears throat> you know, whatever the case may be. Um, which we'll go into in a minute. Uh, Ryan Merkley feels like his t- his time at San Jose is done, and he's asked for a trade. Um, so the updates from Mike Greer on this whole um, situation. Um, and first, let me share what he had to say about him. Uh, he, Mike Greer said of Ryan Merkley. He's got NHL talent. He can run a power play. He's got great vision. But to play an NHL, you got to get consistently or you got to consistently compete defensively. You got to be engaged, whether you're a big guy or a small guy. You gotta be willing to engage physically in your own end and care about box outs and things like that. I think he's just been very inconsistent with that. That's what we're asking from him. If he can give us that, there's opportunity. So uh, for those of you who can be me track, Merkley since requesting that trade obviously hasn't you know, he didn't take he didn't take place in practice. He hasn't been playing the last few games. Um Greer says that apparently uh, it's a fluid situation. And if I'm not mistaken, there may have been potential I may be mistaken, so I'm not gonna report that if I'm not clear. But back to the back to the point. Um in regards to there being any interest from other teams in acquiring Merkley, who is a great offensive defenseman that they're asking to essentially be a defensive defenseman. Right. Um, my said that there are some calls and I quote, there are some calls. I think everyone sees the talent. There's been some interest. So, uh, those three names, um, Merkley Carlson and Meyer, I think those are going to be the ones that uh, sharks fans got to be having on their uh, trade watch. And that right there concludes the 20th episode of the second season of the shark city podcast. Thank you again to everybody who's been watching live on YouTube, Instagram, oh, excuse me, Instagram. <laughs> oh my goodness. We want to do Instagram. We're going to probably do another Instagram live show. We actually had that last time, but, um, In order to bring a more, how do I say this? In order to bring us, in order to bring you, our followers and viewers out there and listeners, a um, more enhanced experience, broadcast experience, we will be um, exclusively on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube for now at the moment. Still waiting on Instagram. That might be a possibility too. We can and we will when needed. But as of now, thank you to all those who are currently listening to us on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. All right, there. I spit all that. I'll be hundred percent real with you. All right, we go live on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitch. You name it. Not kidding. Um, and not trying to flex. Just simply saying. Uh, sometimes, um. I kind of get them all muddled together, so my apologies. Uh, But nonetheless, uh, regardless regardless of what platform you're watching live or which podcast platform you listen to the audio replay on demand, thank you for listening, tuning in, and supporting this show. We are about to approach our one-year anniversary for the podcast. Obviously, the Shark City Hockey has been doing this for um, four seasons now. But uh, we've been doing this since the podcast that being since January of last year. So we are approaching our one-year anniversary. Super excited to do our one-year anniversary show. Uh, might have some of those, have some stuff in, in uh, store. But I don't want to give away any um, sneak peeks, spoilers, or trailers or stuff like that just yet. Uh, so with that being said, once again, thank you to everybody. Not just for listening to this program tonight, live or on demand, but also for, um, you know, keeping shark city hockey, um, as one of your, uh, you know, choices to getting, um, you know, sharks content. Thank you. Um, couldn't say it enough, uh, super humbled and excited, um, you know, to do this with all of you out there in Sharks territory. So with that being said, uh, y- y'all have a great rest of your night. Uh, it's live right now. We've got about an hour left here. And this Sunday Funday. So, you know, going to whine and chill and celebrate. Uh, some of the Sharks are going to continue the eighth strongest schedule remaining in the league. They had it easy the first half. Not this time. Not the second half. And uh, we'll be right there with the rest of y'all to, um, you know, celebrate and at times chirp our favorite team, the San Jose Sharks. All right. I'm Aaron James. This has been the Shark City Podcast. Y'all have a great rest of your evening. And until next time, let's go Sharks.